views expressed on this podcast, as well as all episodes of the Grateful Thread podcast, are solely host opinions. Our content should not be taken as indisputable and is for entertainment purposes. Welcome to the Grateful Thread podcast, where we're creating a community for cool quilting newbies and experienced quilters to unite. Pull up a seat because you can always sit with us. We're hosts. I'm Lacey Messy Quilts, and I hope I make it through this episode without sneezing. I'm Ashlyn of Urban Dwell Studio, and I look like a McDonald's straw. <laughs> you kind of do. <laughs> it took me a minute, but... I... Eight-year-old informed me this morning that I look like a McDonald's straw. I have a white and yellow striped linen button-down on. Did I think I looked like a McDonald's straw? No. Did that ruin the shirt for me? Yes. As you're leaving, so couldn't change. Which is funny because you walked in and I said, "You're glowing today, Ashlyn. You look so good." Yeah, and I didn't want to. I didn't want to spoil it with the McDonald's comment, but. Oh, we started recording. <laughs> I saved it. Um, well, my eyeballs are going to come out of my head because I have the worst allergies <laughs> right now. So I really hope I don't sniffle or sneeze. You got this. <laughs> I got it. Um, I have a review for us to read. I really like this name. Geo Rappa. <laughs> I think you purposely picked the most obscure usernames just to make no, me read it. They're all just hilarious. <laughs> they're so great. All right. This review says, love it. Very informative and enjoyable to listen during quilting. As a new quilter, the show has given me ideas and inspiration. I love that. Girl. Welcome. Welcome and inspire all all the things. And tag us. Tag yep. us in your sewing. Yeah. Um, I love to see what you guys are up to while you're listening. We say this every episode, but they just keep getting better and better. Like you can share a selfie of yourself listening, doing the most outrageous thing. And part of the fun is turning our hashtag into your hashtag. We recently had one that was our listener getting her oil changed and the hashtag changed from hashtag you can sit with us to hashtag you can live with us. Was it a little cheeky? Yeah. But that's what I was feeling on that Friday morning. You know who you are. (laughs) You know who you are. You can do all the things with us. Uh, Other ways you can connect, Instagram Lives. We go live on Mondays. Yep. Every other Monday on our off weeks. Tag us on Instagram. Yep. You can slide into our DMs. Yeah. I take care of the DMs, so it doesn't overwhelm me like it does Ashlyn. Yeah. Sometimes I'll respond to the DMs. Uh Uh-huh. You can visit us on our website at thegratefulthreadpodcast.com where we have merch on there, show notes, sponsor us tab. we got all sorts of things over there. Go check it out. You should come here. The new merch. If you new haven't merch. checked that out yet, you can go see it. You'll have to go see it to believe it. I'm not going to tell you what it says. You can go check out that snark for yourself. Our episode topic for today, we have a really fun interview and we're excited to introduce you to our next guest. Yeah, this one was really fun. I actually learned a lot more about the MQG than I didn't know before. Yeah, it was really great. All right, Threadheads, we have quite the guest for you all today, and it's about a much chattered about topic, the Modern Quilt Guild, or MQG, if you're familiar with the acronym. Um, Today, we have someone who holds the staff position of Director of Partnerships in the MQG here to tell us about the Guild and, of course, QuiltCon. 
she's an incredible quilter in her own right. And it is really special to see an organization with such passionate leadership. Friends, please welcome our friend, Amanda. Hi, Amanda. Hi, thank you for that intro. <laughs> to, to be called an incredible quilter is very, very kind, especially when I work with so many very incredible quilters. So, well, we can't see your it. design wall right now. So, <laughs> with the fan knocking things off of it. Oh my gosh, fans. <laughs> I mean, I'm in Texas. So, like, we have to have it right now. It's, it's a necessity. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. So can you start us off with a little bit about yourself personally? How long have you been quilting interests, previous careers, all things? Sure. Yeah. So um, my name is Amanda Bernay. I'm the director of partnerships. Like Ashlyn said, I've been um, a member of the MQG since 2013. And my old world was public education. Um, I got involved with my local guild, the Austin Modern Quilt Guild in 2013, um, served on the board for a couple of years. And then I made my way into a part-time position at the Modern Quilt Guild in 2016. And so I've been here ever since and things have definitely grown and evolved and changed um, to where we are today. Um, so I work full-time for the MQG from home and I live with my husband who works at a local university and we have a toddler son um, who I was home with for a while while I worked. And that was very difficult. And then he started <laughs> he started crawling and I was like, OK, now this is impossible. So <laughs> now he goes to a great daycare nearby um, while I work. So, awesome. yeah. So what is your role as director of partnerships? Yes. So it's, um, I used to work with, I've always worked with our sponsors and our vendors from the very beginning. And at one point in my job, I also worked with our membership. So our local guilds and individual members. Now what I do, because we, you know, we are a young organization. So we are very much not rooted in any kind of tradition or bureaucracy. So things move around to fit how we are. Um, so now I work with um, still our sponsors and our vendors for QuiltCon, as well as run the quilt show for QuiltCon and manage any special exhibit partnerships that we have with museums or other quilt shows around the world. Super cool. Yeah. yeah. So for some of our listeners who don't know um, many of this, like a, a lot of our listeners are beginner quilters. What is the MQG? Yeah, so the MQG, the Modern Quilt Guild, we are a 501c3 nonprofit membership association for modern quilters, any quilters, um, anyone can join. We have two paths to membership. One way to join is if you hear of a local guild in your area, a local modern quilt guild, you can join directly through them. And then you get that in-person community as well as all of the digital and online and quilt con benefits that the MQG offers to all members. And then if you don't have a guild near you or you don't have time or, you know, whatever, there's a million reasons you can join as an individual directly online. It's $40 for a year. And we do all kinds of different content throughout the year. We run, we had our first ever sew along just wrapped up, um, hosted by Jessica, um, one of my colleagues and, we also just wrapped up our Make a Difference Challenge where we had members sewing quilts along the theme of biodiversity and 100% of their entry fees to our digital quilt show 
go to support a conservation charity that we've selected. So we raised a thousand dollars doing that. Um, and then members voted on those quilts and our top 10 get prizes from our sponsors. So that's fun. Um, so there's all kinds of stuff throughout the year, as well as of course, getting discounts on registration to QuiltCon and getting to register first for QuiltCon before non-members do. So we are, you know, 17,000 members around the world. So we are a very large organization and um, anyone can join and kind of make of it what they wish. I love that. Like the bits and pieces and you can kind of piecemeal your involvement. Yeah, we have a huge resource library as well that members can access. Yeah, Yeah, we really do like (laughs) patterns and videos and all kinds of stuff. So it's, it's kind of a you know, it can be overwhelming, but there's a lot there as far as like, if people want to dip their toe in or just go like full throttle into something, um, compared to a lot of different online things that are out there, we are pretty darn affordable still. So it's a good first step. Sure. Absolutely. Um, how long has the MQG been around and what, how did it kind of evolve into what it is and how is it different than like the traditional guilds? Um, so the MQG really came about in 2009 is when the LA Los Angeles Modern Quilt Guild met for the first time. And it was born out of online connections, Flickr, (laughs) and people sharing quilts and things that they made that nobody had really seen before in an open way. And so I think for a lot of quilters, especially younger quilters, there was sort of this moment of like coming out into the open of like, I like to quilt, you know, and it's cool. And look at these awesome things I'm making. Oh my gosh, me too, me too, me too. And so it just sort of spiraled. So the LAMQG met Elisa Hate Carlton and Latifa Safir are our co-founders. And then guilds started popping up everywhere in those next couple of years. Um, So we really keep like 2010 as sort of like our sort of official founding year. And 2013 was the first QuiltCon when everyone, which was developed as an opportunity for all of these people who had joined these MQGs to come together in one place and have a show for quilts the way that they were making them instead of traditional quilt shows that maybe hadn't quite caught up to this new eye and new outlook on what quilting could be. So it really provided an opening and an exciting thing for a lot of people. It's really the scale of it is impressive, but just the volume of like modern quilts is incredible when you're used to going to a show and seeing the modern quilts on like the fringe of the show and they're far and few between and like Usually that's represented in like, it's a traditional quilt done in cave fabric. And so this last year was my first quilt gone. (laughs) And I was like, just blown away. Like I knew what to expect, but it didn't prepare me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think you sent me in my, like in the questions beforehand, like what is quilt kind? I was like, oh my God, I don't even know. How we answer that, but, um, but we can try. Yeah. I mean, it's really, it's great that like other shows are having modern categories now, you know, because it gives, because QuiltCon should, I mean, it's not the end all be all people should enter quilts to all kinds of shows. Um, but yes, it is, you know, it's 
you get little tastes of it at other places. And at QuiltCon, you just get a fire hose. <laughs> that's, fire that's hose. actually what I tell people. Yeah. I'm like, it's like drinking water out of fire hydrant <laughs> and you just have to recoup for like a week after. <laughs> it's totally true. Yeah. As staff, we go home and the next week we call it couch week. We just <laughs> like take naps, lots of naps, you know, <laughs> don't talk to many people. Right. <laughs> don't socialize. Um, so how do you think the guild has evolved and grown in the last 10 years? Aside I mean, seventeen thousand. Yes, people. aside from the <laughs> yeah, I mean, numbers. just numbers wise, it's just it's it's just it's crazy. I mean, I think when I, you know, in the early days, it was like oh, four thousand people, maybe four thousand members, and we're at seventeen thousand now. We have so many countries represented. I think you know all the states. Um, I think we've also grown a lot just in contributing to the conversation around what modern quilting is. You know, we have, we have our definition, which is certainly not the end all be all, but, um, people look to them, to the MQG, like, so what is a modern quilt? Is this a modern quilt? Um, so I think we've just become a bigger voice in the quilting world and the quilting industry. We, in the past few years have really worked hard to, become a more inclusive space, um, both within the MQG throughout the year as a membership organization, but also at QuiltCon. We are very intentional about the places we visit for QuiltCon, trying to pull in special exhibits that highlight the local quilting traditions. Um, we had a, you know, a Navajo quilt exhibit in Phoenix and we, had some local African-American guilds have exhibits in Atlanta and we're going to be able to do that again in Raleigh. So that's really exciting um, because modern quilting didn't come from nowhere. And we have all of these um, traditions and quilting history that that has led us to this place. And so I think we have a greater awareness of that and a greater platform with which to share it with others now, which is really, really exciting. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. What's like the overall mission of the MQG? I know I love the inclusion aspect. What does that look like long-term vision wise? Well, so our mission statement and you know what I was like, don't want to misquote it. So <laughs> it's on our homepage. Our mission is to support and encourage the growth and development of modern quilting through art, education, and community. So we are an arts organization that is ultimately at the end of the day, our mission is about modern quilting. But as we go along doing that, we really want to make sure that we're doing it in a way that welcomes everyone who wants to be involved. So as far as where we go from here, I think it's just a matter of continuing to, to, to work at that and to try to thrive. And, you know, we're, we're not, no one's perfect and we're never done, but I think we are becoming, um, on the front lines of quilting organizations and quilting shows, as far as, um, being a welcoming space for all kinds of people from all races and backgrounds. Um, and it's very important to all of us on staff and on the board that we do that and be intentional about it. Awesome. That was kind of my next question. Who can be part of the guild and can you share options of how people can get and join and involved? 
Yeah. So anyone can join, of course. Um, you do not have like, if you're like, I'm a traditional quilter, I don't think I could. You absolutely can. There is no restriction on what kind of quilts anyone makes. Our education and our programming always comes back to modern quilting. And when I was, a the president of my local guild, you know, we struggled a lot. It was like, well, we have a lot of show and tells of quilts that aren't modern, but it's like, there's room for everyone in the playground. Like we show what we show, we make what we make, but like, we always come back to the modern aspects in our, you know, quilt con classes and our online programming that we do. So, um, so anyone of course can join, I mentioned individual membership or a local guild membership. And that just kind of like, you find what fits best for you. And those options are also on our homepage. You know, you can, we have a guild locator, so you can go online, find where you live, see if there's one close to you. Um, and yeah, we, we welcome anybody. Awesome. So what are some of the features aside from like the membership mall? Like what, I guess, what does the programming look like for local guilds and anybody that's just participating virtually touched on that a little bit, I guess, what, what yes. does an average meeting look like for a modern guild? Sure. So this is kind of take off my work hat and put on my Austin MQG hat. <laughs> um, um, our, our local guild, like guilds do all kinds of things and they um, may charge different amounts of dues. So the, the MQG as a worldwide quote unquote headquarters, we do not put restrictions on how local guilds operate. So they join us, they do pay us a membership fee based on their size. And then that gets all their members access to everything that we provide. Um, so let's say you join your local guild for $60, probably 18 of those dollars goes to us in the headquarters. And then the rest of it stays with the local guild to support the local programming. Um, and then of course, an individual membership is 40 is cheaper. Um, and at meetings, I mean, it can be all kinds of things. There's always show and tell. I've never been to a quilt. I mean, who has been to a guild <laughs> meeting where there wasn't show and tell? That's the whole point. That's my favorite part. There's probably some business, um, like events that are coming up or workshops. You know, our guild will bring in um, guest teachers to do workshops, whether it's in person. And then, of course, since COVID, we all know how to do things on the online now. Um, so that's really easy. Sometimes they'll like guilds will have members do member demos, like a demo night where you kind of rotate through and, and see like three different demos that members might be presenting. Um, most guilds do some sort of community outreach or charity work with their quilts that they donate locally. And that's another one of our, um, we have a quilt con related community outreach challenge as well for guilds and groups of individual members. So, you know, it just, it varies a lot by guild, of course. And of course, the different sizes of guilds would probably inform the things that they do. Lots of retreats, lots of sewing days. It's everything. Like that. Everything yeah. you want. <laughs> and then so obviously the discount for QuiltCon registration. Of which, course. Do you want to lead us into what QuiltCon? Yeah, let's talk about QuiltCon. Everybody okay. wants to talk about QuiltCon. <laughs> I know. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so members get 20% off the full price of QuiltCon. If you are a member and you register for your four-day pass by November 30th, you get it for free. 
So make sure that you register for it because we, we don't, we don't put 17,000 four day show passes into the system. You got to go in and claim yours, but (laughs) yes, that is free. And then of course the discounted workshops and lectures, um, member registration opens to this coming Tuesday at 10 AM, 10 AM Eastern. Um, if you have MQG members out there listening, then they know registration day has always been full of drama and lots of emotions because we've broken the internet like <laughs> every year <laughs> up until last year, honestly. Um, and it's not our faults. <laughs> I'm actually really impressed with how well you guys handle everything. The waiting room was great. Yeah, no. Yes. My, my first QuiltCon was in Pasadena in California. And so I had no idea what I was getting into. I just, I had Googled quilt show and it came up and I was like, yeah, we'll go do this thing. Like I had no idea. And so it was the next year that like I had to fight to get the workshops. And so the last year without the waiting room and everything, like good job on you guys for just, thank you. <laughs> you're doing incredible I, work. <laughs> well, we decided, I guess we can't give up on it. So we have to keep trying to make it better. <laughs> <to> so, <laughs> um, yeah. When we, you know, we switched to the registration provider that Comic-Con uses. Wow. We we left our old one and we were like, okay, if they can do Comic-Con, they can handle us surely. And we, (laughs) that first year, we, we still had traffic issues because we do, you know, in all frankness, have a lot of issues sometimes with our software vendors believing us that quilters know how to use the internet, get online and are competitive for what they want. Um, but we finally seem to have gotten this company. They understand after they saw what happened when it broke. And then we involved uh, the waiting room system, which is a different provider that we work with. And it's called Qit. So yes, that has made a huge difference. Um, so we're hoping for smooth sailing on Tuesday. But, you know, <laughs> we all get on a staff Zoom. We all have our windows and we're just someone's got social. Someone's got the info box. You know, someone's got the register. So it's well, like you're on it. It's a man central. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So when you do when you when you want to participate in QuiltCon and go see QuiltCon, do you have to go do all the things or can you kind of sort of piece together your experience? Yeah. So that's one of the reasons we have such a hard time with our registration is it's not a one ticket. You get a certain thing, the end, like you can sign up for whatever you want pending availability. Um, but you can do two lectures in one class, but stay there all four days and soak up the quilt show and soak up all the vendors and watch some free demos and see friends. So it is totally a make it what you want experience. Um, I definitely always recommend, you know, don't overload workshops, especially if it's your first time, because there's a lot to see. There's a lot to see. So um, one or two is great. And a lecture here or there. Um, For the first time this year, we are actually streaming um, our lecture hall. It is a separate purchase. Uh, you read my be, feedback form. Which will not be available <laughs> until after like you it's not included in the regular registration, right? It's a whole separate deal. But that's something that um, you know, we've heard a lot about, like of having some sort of from home component. And finally this year we were able to put all the pieces together to to make it happen. So 
I'm so in for that. That's really yeah. special. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because I, I know for me, it was, we, I had planned every other year because it is an expense. Right. And it was like the one mm-hmm. thing I was planning. And so the off years was hard to, I really love the, the lectures. Yeah. yeah. So. And you can buy them too. If you go to the show, because right. you know, there's going to be some availability to watch after, but I'm not able to sh- share too many details at this time. So I don't want to get in wait. trouble, but yes, more to come later but selfishly, on. Selfishly. I felt overwhelmed because we got the lecture passed and I, there wasn't one that I didn't want to go to. Yeah. So now I really can have it all. Yes. <laughs> you can, yes. can buy yes. the lecture pass and watch it after. It's like, that's on right. <laughs> that's right. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. We had to skip a couple last time. huh? Yeah. yeah. I was like, I really like, we have to choose just to see the quilt. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, I just can't sit in the lecture hall all four days. Like I need to. Do something else. Yeah. I mean, I could have. I mean, but (laughs) so I think a lot of people are interested in the actual quilt show aspect, which falls under your umbrella. It does. Um, What what does that look like? And is each category kind of flexible? Does it depend on submissions? What how how they're grouped? I mean, obviously, people submit into categories, but right. Um. So. The quilt show is um, we average about 450 judged show quilts in our show with a with 600 quilts total when we include all of the special exhibits and things like that. Um, We last year we had uh, 2089 quilts submitted to QuiltCon. 444 were juried into the show. So it is competitive. but we appreciate everyone who enters because it makes the show, it gives the show variety and all, you know, the entry fees help support the modern quilt guild. And it's a big part of, you know, our, um, fiscal health. So, um, we have 12 standard categories every year. They are, well, they're all online. So at quiltcon.com, <laughs> you can click on quilt show and check it out because you probably, you know, won't want to listen to my rambling them off, but it is applique, grouper B, handwork, improv, minimalist, minimalist design, modern traditionalism, use of negative space, youth. You have the list in front of you, piecing. I do not. No, I don't. You're this is really um, impressive. <laughs> he's seen small quilts, uh, the quilting challenge and the fabric challenge. Wow. So those are our 12 every year. The quilting challenge and the fabric challenge change from year to year, depending on what we work out with our sponsors. So this year, the fabric challenge is the Wyndham Artisan Cotton Challenge with the palette chosen by Jackie Gehring, who's our featured speaker. And then the uh, American Patchwork and Quilting quilting challenge is super scrappy with a minimum of 30 fabrics in the quilt wow you know someone has to count those fabrics to make sure it meets the criteria so So, if you're listening you can volunteer at (laughs) www yeah so that should be fun um but the you know, I just, we're going to be releasing a webinar actually that I just recorded this week on choosing a quilt con category to submit your quilt to and how it is such a subjective process. Um, but the submitter would choose the category that 
best highlights the best aspect of the quilt they're submitting. And we don't move quilts around once they're submitted. So we only do that for objective criteria, like if it measures out and needs to be in the small quilts, for example. But we don't ever say, oh, I think that would be better in piecing instead of improv. No, it it goes where you submit it. And there is uh, an anonymous jury every year made up of one staff member, one board member, and then two to three MQG members that are invited to join the jury. They have about five weeks um, on their own. They use our submission system and get extra permissions. And they're able to go in and look at each quilt and score it. And then we have a four-hour jury meeting in November, a couple weeks after submissions close, October 31st, where we, I pull all the quilts. I look at the scoring. We find a cut score that is, you know, all these quilts above the score are automatically in unless a juror wants to argue them out. And wow. then we have a cut score of all these quilts are automatically out if a, unless a juror wants to argue it in. Wow. And then we have the bubble quilts that we look at more carefully and we say, these are in the middle. What do we think? And so there is no quota for categories. So it's just, it tends to work out that the heavily entered categories are more heavily represented in the final show. So improv tends to be one of our larger categories. Modern traditionalism tends to be larger. Use of negative space and handwork tend to be smaller. So it just it just varies, but there's no like, oh, we have 50 improvs, that's it. It doesn't work like that. How do people get into jury positions or judge positions? Oh yeah. It's invitation only. Ooh, interesting. Our judges, you know, we in the past, 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 always tried to get a nationally certified judge as part of our panel. We have let that go because it's it doesn't seem to add to what QuiltCon needs in the judging panel. Um, so this year it's Denise Schmidt, who was supposed to do it last year, but she got COVID. Um, and Bridget Dermott and Stacy Watson, who is the director of equitable partnerships at the National Quilt Museum. Super cool. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, and so it's, and then the jury is a, it's an invitation thing and, you know, it's a, it's a time commitment. It's about 50 hours of work. It's unpaid. Um, right. It's really important that it be anonymous unless they choose to reveal themselves later. Um, and we, we need, we want people that we know will do it and like, right. Get it done. So, right. I mean, I don't want to say that it's like who, you know, but there's a certain amount of like, we are asking people reputation. who we, for yeah. sure. Well, yeah. and I think that's what keeps the reputation of QuiltCon and judging. And in some ways, that's what's great about the competitiveness of it. Because then you get a quilt in, you have that that You're pride like, that I got in. This just like a ragtag group that like... Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 So, so. I can see how it's tricky for you guys. You guys handle everything really well. So I know that Thanks. there's usually drama <laughs> when it's rejects and all the stuff, but... You know, it's like, I think that's calmed down a little bit since yeah. people have started to realize it's most people don't get in. Right. You know, like, and it doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad quilt. Um, right. And do you feel like every year the numbers of entries are getting higher just as people get to, right? Obviously, with, yeah, naturally. We'll see. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens this year because 2,089 quilts was a lot. Like, that was a lot. That was more than ever. But 
after Atlanta, Atlanta was crazy. Wow. That was really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool to hear it from your side, you know, cause I think just as people who enter it in, they, that's all they see, right. They don't know what happens behind the totally. scenes. So that's, yes. that's intensive and really amazing that you guys take time to look at all of them and every quote gets used. looked at. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. It's yeah. so awesome. So aside from sheer volume, what would you say sets QuiltCon show apart from others around the world? Oh, I mean, of course, the fact that every quilt there is a modern quilt. Um, the quilt show is. I mean, the whole thing is just really a work of art and it's pretty humbling when you walk through there and see all this work that members have done um, and submitted. And what's even, you know, what I always encourage people to stop and think about is like, there are a ton of great quilts that don't get into QuiltCon. Yeah. Like a ton because it's just a space issue. Um, And people can submit quilts for up to three years after they're made. So they have to be made within the last three years. And if it doesn't get in, you can submit it again. And it just, the jury's different every year. So we have quilts that get rejected one year and they get in the next year and you know, it happens. Um, But it's hard for me to find words to say exactly why QuiltCon is different than any other quilt show, because I think I'm too close to it. It's true. I mean, really, really, it is, it is something that, um, if, if anyone is interested, I, I highly recommend that they, you know, and they're able to, to, to make the trip. Cause it's, it's great. Yeah. No matter your, yeah, I'm like crying. Cause I'm like, I am too. I'm like remembering, like you look at this quilt and you're like, Holy crap. Somebody on the other side of the country was doing this in their free time. And I was doing the same thing while they were making this work of art. And it's just, there's like literal threads of connection and you're just I don't know. It's really a powerful space with mm-hmm. all of that work. It really is. And it's just, um, there's so much to take in. Um, you know, I get, because I receive all the quilts physically as well before the show, we run a pre-show office. We're a virtual office, the MQG, but we have to have space to prep for the show. So all the quilts get sent to Austin where I rent a rent a temporary office space. And we have a UPS store mailbox. And every day I go pick up the boxes <laughs> oh and I gosh. take them to the office and we, un- I unpack them. And usually I have a, I have a handful of volunteers that have been with me several years. So they, you know, are really good and know the drill and we process them and check them. And so by the time the quilt show happens, it's like, I've seen these quilts like four or five times, but then also I'm like, Whoa, what quilt is that? <laughs> you know, like there's, there's that much. It's just, there's that much artistry. So what does well, that look like transport wise? So as far as the whole, shebang, yeah, mo- like moving them from like shipping destination to the actual show. Like, yeah. So they, they get to Austin they stay, we do judging in January in Austin. So the judges come here and we have a week of just judging and then they get bagged back up. This is also, can I put out a PSA? Please do not send your quilts rolled. Oh, that's actually our phone. next episode. That's We're our, talking about how to prepare your quilt, quilt shows. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's our next well, episode. We will, you can clip out. We will clip this and put it into it. <laughs> Making a note. For, right. Don't For do this. Con, 
please don't roll because we fold them once they get here. There is no way we could store 450 rolled quilts. It's just (laughs) not possible. Um, It's also very difficult if it's a big quilt and it's rolled to get it into my car. So I've had to unbox things at the UPS store because it won't fit because it's like a, you know, 80 inch long rolled quilt with anyway, (laughs) I appreciate that people are, you know, cautious about sending their work but once it gets to us we do fold it and put it in a bag and put it in a box and it's safe and we've never had an issue so knock on wood um but anyway so the quilts stay in austin until we pack up for the show and our av company is based here and we hire them to drive the quilts with the av equipment because we do not freight um to freight all those quilts is just a I we just it's too Statistical scary inventory nightmare. too scary because yeah. what if what if what if right so for years we had um we had an MQG staff person drive them in a rented truck and that is that's really it's hard on us so our AV team is doing that anyway and so we pay them to put the quilt boxes in behind their AV equipment and get it safely there. Awesome. Yeah. What a good it's solution. Great. <laughs> That's great. It's great. Just this like, is what happens go. when women run organizations. Boom. Yes. <laughs> You're already going there. Let's not double that cost. <laughs> Take it with you. Right. See you there. <laughs> See you there. Exactly. And then they roll in on Monday. And we're already there. We, you know, some of us fly in Sunday before the show and we're like, hey, great. Unload them. And there it, there <laughs> it so is. Great. Yeah. Okay. The quilt, oh, sorry. You're good. Last Go ahead. Thing, the last part of the process is after QuiltCon's mm-hmm. over, all the quilts come down and we, the Monday after the show, we ship every quilt back to its home from the show. From the show. Wow. Well, yeah. and your volunteers are so great too. Like oh, yes. just, everybody's just so happy at quote. <laughs> oh, let's actually plug that really quick. Like I, oh, I know yeah. that volunteers are always needed. How do they go about registering and doing- always needed? Yes. So you can um we should have a sign up on our website closer to show, but you can always email info at the if you're interested. And um Jen, who runs that email box, will help you get to the right place. But we, yes, oh my God, we could not do QuiltCon without the volunteers. And they do all kinds of stuff from helping us set up on the front end to, of course, white gloving during the show to volunteering during workshops to help the teachers. Um, So it's all and volunteering to take down the show. It's all kinds of stuff. And people can kind of um, choose when and how much they want to do. So hugely appreciated. And you get an awesome t-shirt. And a cool hug from us yeah <laughs> yeah and every every staff person that sees you will be like thank you so much Love you. Yeah. and also maybe some harassment if you're working the check-in at the lecture hall yeah, yeah. we were kind of harassing the check-in <laughs> hall people <laughs> yeah. the dude had muscles you know the av guy was like was very attractive with his muscles at a quilt store <laughs> a quilt show i was like you are very out of place here <laughs> she's at like quilt con yeah, it was last year in oh. Atlanta. The guy running the lecture hall. Oh, that's yeah. that's yeah. that's our um that's probably Chris. Mr. Is Chris. Is Chris. <laughs> that's Jen who does our info box, our office manager. That's her husband. That's awesome. We've talked about him yeah. many times on this podcast. Uh-huh. <laughs> At least three. 
<laughs> my gosh that's great he's awesome yeah he's a he, we're so glad he's part of crew like yeah. they make it a family thing so it's great it's really cool they yeah. really cool <laughs> okay so our final question what visions does mqg have for future in relation to QuiltCon and just in general in the quilting space well you know we're not going to show you all our cards right <laughs> um things have to be surprised but no i mean we really you know we talk a lot about making sure that we provide a smooth and exciting experience. So it's a combination of wanting things to be exciting, but also wanting them to be a good experience for everyone, um, both in QuiltCon and in QG. And so really it's, you know, I think we touched on it earlier about who we are in the quilting space and um, how we can continue to um make steps to make QuiltCon and the Modern Quilt Guild um, as inclusive as possible um, and make sure that anyone who wants to be a part of this can and does, whether that's, you know, from a comfort perspective of seeing people who are like them, who look like them, or from a financial perspective of being able to offer more scholarships as we go on. Um, so we want to be a place of, you know, serenity and happiness for people. Um, and I think if there's any value that we bring to the greater world, that has to be it. So I'm going to try to keep doing that. Thank you so much for sitting with us and for sharing so many important details um, about the MQG. I know that it is something that Lacey and I both cherish. It's brought us together and it has introduced us to some of like our very dearest, most special friends. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to share? I mean, I agree. It's changed. Quilting has changed my life and <laughs> in a million ways that I could have never thought. Um, and I'm just, you know, like with any job, this one has its ups and its downs. Um, but every day I'm grateful to get to do this. Like I'm really lucky. And um, yeah, it's a, it's <laughs> the MQG is a great place and, and QuiltCon is a really, really great thing. And so hope that we can see y'all there. <laughs> awesome. Thank cool. you. Oh, you're the best. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, are we ever going to get through an interview without crying? <laughs> I don't... That... I haven't cried at very many, mm -hmm. but that one I did tear up at. Yeah, and so did Amanda a little yeah. bit. We had a moment. Yeah, that was a good moment. I think she could be our new BFF. Yeah. Um, I also thought, too, towards the end of the interview that um, I started my quilting journey in 2015. And sometimes I forget that the MQG was just as new as I was when I started. Yeah. So sometimes when I look at like the MQG and QuiltCon as a whole, and I see these new quilters coming in and getting into QuiltCon and doing all these great things, they've been established a little bit longer when the new quilters come in now than when I started. And so it's fun to see how they've evolved over the last... 10 yeah. years even from an outside perspective i mean i haven't been quilting as long but i think i've had my eye on the mqg for almost that long maybe mm -hmm. um certainly probably for as long as you have quilted and i think watching it evolve from 
everybody using gray as their background fabric mm-hmm. <laughs> and bright colors right. on their traditional patterns to we aren't using patterns anymore. This is a made up thing that my brain thought of mm-hmm. is wicked. For sure. And I think my only regret was not is not like when I first started quilting, not leaning into the newness of the MQG. Yeah. Like I'm just now appreciating what MQG is. So mm-hmm. jump in because yeah. MQG has is so great. That being said, if you are a traditional quilter or you make things from yeah. patterns, we yeah. are not bashing you at all. Or right. if you like using great, like I'm not, <laughs> I'm know. not coming at you at all. <laughs> I'm just saying that there's been an evolution. Mm-hmm. And I think that people get really hung up on the definition of what is a modern quilt. Mm-hmm. And the definition for me is that it is evolving and being part of the evolution is part of what makes the modern quilt guild. Absolutely. Cause how many, how many older generations do we see at QuiltCon? So oh, many. Everybody oh. is represented. There's people in their nineties at QuiltCon <laughs> right. and there were people in their teens and twenties mm-hmm. at QuiltCon. Cause it really does feel like an art show. It feels like you're in a museum yep. of these artists and it's, it's really lovely and great. And I'm grateful for Amanda for taking yeah. time with us great camaraderie Mm -hmm. all right for our merch Mm -hmm. if you have not checked that out yet we did up some or put up some new shirts and some new products and a new sticker (laughs) it's a secret i'm not sharing it over the podcast you have to go to the website the grateful thread podcast.com and yep yep it's right there and catch us on every other mondays live on instagram well, all right, guys, that is our episode. You can find me, Ashlyn, at Urban Dwell Studio. You can find my co-host, Lacey, at Messy Quilts. And you can find our guest, Amanda, at Well Thread Quilts or via at the MQG on Instagram. The Grateful Thread podcast is created, hosted, and produced by Ashlyn Downs and Lacey Messerly. Our sound engineer is Nicholas Downs. Don't forget that we love reading those reviews on Apple Podcasts, and we want to know what you're digging, what you're up to while you listen, and what you what your favorite episodes have been. We want to get to know you guys and what you are enjoying. Also, if you didn't like it, go take a bath, take a deep breath, and a nap, and have a nice day. Bye, Threadheads. Hot mic. <laughs> Not your husband. Not my hot mic. <laughs> <laughs> Don't feed his ego. That is going to make the episode. <laughs> All right. For today's episode. <laughs> I already did that. No, you didn't. We got to go into... We're excited to host and introduce you our next podcast guest. Their overview. Right? Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, we want to know, get to know you guys and what you are enjoying. And if you didn't like it. <laughs> Go ahead and record. I'm going to send this message really quick. <laughs> We're good. Some of us have it on Do Not Disturb. (laughs) All right. Take two.